Season 4, Episode 49, where we're getting all of the final trappings done for the podcast, doubling up. I'm doing part of it at work, because, well, for one thing, this day is literally going to be non-stop. I'm getting up like at 3.30 in the morning, and I won't be in bed till almost midnight, because, well, we got the Winter Jam Festival, and it's just a, it's pillar to post day. Today is really stupid. And so what do I do when I have a stupid day? I put out a stupid podcast. He's given a piece of his mind to so many people. It's a wonder he's got a mind left. It's insane Eric Lane's stupid world. voice of sanity in our insane world, or a voice of stupidity in our intellectual world, here's the host of this stupid world, Eric Lane. The stories you're going to hear in this podcast are all true. I didn't make any of this stuff up. I can't. I didn't change any of the names either because, well, look, when you're stupid, you may as well own it. Yes, I'm Eric Lane. Welcome to my stupid world. I'm feeling a little insane today especially from reading all these stupid accounts from some of these people. And, well, you know, I think probably the only thing that can get more stupid than the Florida man would be Florida legislatures. Yeah, well, this is what's coming out of the uh, statehouse in Tallahassee. And look, it almost seems a little cruel to not let the dogs do this, but... Look, I mean, they love this so much, but Florida is now, well, being the fun sucker. They're considering a new law that would make it illegal to let your pooch poke his head out of your car window while you're driving down the Florida highway. (laughs) This Democrat named Lauren Book is in the Florida State Senate, and she's sponsoring this bill. Now, everything in it is supposed to be, you know, supposedly keeping pets safe and preventing animal cruelty. I don't know how many people would consider it to be animal cruelty to let Fido let his tongue and ears flap in the breeze, you know? But this uh, window thing, it's just one part of it. For example, it would also make declawing cats illegal in Florida. So is the Florida legislature going to pay for a reupholstering of your couch as well? It'll also bar people from driving with pets on their lap. Well, I can probably see that. It would ban the sale of rabbits in the lead-up to Easter because so many people abandon those rabbits later on. So much for the Easter Bunny bringing you a little pet rabbit for Easter. It's kind of debatable whether these things are going to be good ideas or not. A lot of people seem to think the uh, window thing for dogs is a, well, is a, is a little too far. I mean, if it passes, pet owners would be hit with a second-degree misdemeanor for letting Fido poke his nose through the window. And people that support the bill say that it keeps dogs safer in cars. And, well, for what it's worth, there are some experts that do actually caution people against it. They suggest um, buying you uh, your pet some doggy goggles to protect their eyes from debris. It's not really clear if the bill has enough support to pass, I'm sure all the dogs are probably lobbying hard, you know, standing outside the 
Florida legislature's door, wagging their tails and whining. <laughs> well, angered that a couple in a neighboring apartment was a little too noisy during their lovemaking, a pair of gun-toting Texas sisters allegedly threatened to shoot the loud lovebirds, according to the cops that arrested the siblings for felony assault. Investigators busted 25-year-old Alexis Davis and 21-year-old Treasure Bibbs following this confrontation at an apartment complex in Houston. According to the police, this ongoing dispute over noise emanating from the nearby apartment had already resulted in Davis and Bibbs leaving notes on the couple's door threatening to kill the 30-year-old Kevin Frank and 29-year-old Kiera McPherson that lived inside, even the pair's children. Now, during the encounter at the Worthington development, Davis and Bibbs both allegedly brandished a firearm, threatened to kill Frank and McPherson with a gun for being too noisy, according to that court filing. Davis and Bibbs also were arrested for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. That carries a maximum 20-year prison sentence. Bibbs was freed from custody after posting a $15,000 bond, and Davis is still locked up in the Harris County Jail in lieu of $200,000 bail since she's also facing trial in a prior felony case for which she was free on a $10,000 bond when arrested. Davis was busted last year for allegedly stealing a 2008 Buick from a used car lot in Pasadena. That's a Houston suburb. And the $8,000 vehicle had been repossessed after Davis failed to make any payments beyond the initial $1,700 she put down on the auto. Now, cops allege that Davis, aided by an unidentified black female, cut the lock on the auto's full less security gate and retrieved a Buick. The car, which was outfitted with a GPS tracker, was subsequently located in front of Davis's Houston home, where the car was originally been possessed. <laughs> Sounds like this couple are real um, welcome wagon neighbors, you might say, huh? Yeah. Well, days after reports surfaced of a catalytic converter theft that we told you about on a previous podcast that involved the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile in Las Vegas, we've got PETA surfacing to offer to pay Oscar Mayer for a replacement catalytic converter part and maintenance for the Wiener Mobile for one year. And you're thinking, okay, so what's the catch? Hmm. Well, the catch is, if Oscar Mayer converts the Wienermobile to a vegan Wienermobile. Yes, that's right. President Ingrid Newkirk made the offer to Carlos Abrams Rivera, executive vice president and president of the Kraft Heinz Company, North America Zone, in a recent letter. Newkirk suggested the Wienermobile became a not-dogmobile. They could call it that. That's what they suggest. Well, you just call it a not-dog-mobile rather than a hot-dog-mobile or maybe something similar since the company is reportedly working to develop vegan hot dogs. Now, she noted that her recommendations come at a time when demand for vegan hot dogs is rising, adding that the global market for plant-based hot dogs grew by 20% last year and is projected to reach the market value of $1.99 billion by 2032. I'm serious. So, well, anyway, uh, this is what Newkirk wrote. Since Americans' appetite for cruelty-free foods is only growing, we hope you'll relish this opportunity to catch up 
with the trend by having at least one veggie dog mobile. Sounds like she's pretty good at writing puns, too. She called all hot dog lovers to get ready to pack your bags and your condiments because Oscar Mayer has teamed up with Airbnb to offer the chance to stay in a 27-foot-long hot dog on wheels. In her letter, Newkirk included the potential health risks associated with eating hot dogs. For instance, a World Health Organization report that found eating processed meat can cause cancer. Well, I've eaten hot dogs all my life. So far, so good. Well, the WHO also said eating processed meat has the same cancer risk as smoking tobacco. Well, I don't smoke the meat, okay? I just eat it. <laughs> well, I, I, well, actually, this is what Newkirk says. Instead of slinging cancer-causing processed meat made from cow's livers and pig snouts, the Oscar Mayer not-dog-mobile would dish up the delicious veggie dogs that today's diners want. PETA would relish the opportunity to help Oscar Mayer catch up with the booming vegan food market. By the way, um, Abrams, Rivera, Kraft Heinz, and Oscar Mayer haven't responded to the offer. They're trying to keep from throwing up in their mouth. Well, the former Southern California school board president is facing charges after authorities say high schoolers attended a holiday party at his home involving booze, male strippers, and a dirty Santa. Hmm. Stephen Laanzua, uh, who uh, at the time, I guess, led the Claremont Unified Board of Education, has resigned and will appear in court after allegedly exposing members of the Claremont High School choir to alcohol and inappropriate performances at the racy gathering. Now, the police investigation into the incident also led to the arrest of 34-year-old Blake Taylor White, who goes by, quote, Buddy the Elf, <laughs> or may or may not have been that dirty Santa, who allegedly made off-color remarks to the students. Now, White is facing two charges of lewd or lascivious acts with minors and four counts of molesting a child. Spokesperson for the district attorney's office said he was most troubled by the fact that the alleged crimes were committed at a location where parents should be able to trust that their children will not be exposed to predatory behavior. Mm. Kind of gives a new meaning to the term naughty list. I mean, actually, I, I'm a little tired, so look, why don't you just go on ahead and write your own joke about the stripper showing off his Yule log? Ho, ho, ho. Huh, what a ho. Well, not many people will go ballistic over cookies, unless, of course, you're the cookie monster, and this woman. She's a 24-year-old woman in Florida named Amari Hendricks, and she went through a McDonald's drive-thru because she wanted to get a free cookie. It was apparently being offered through a loyalty program, but um, she didn't get it, and she wasn't happy. She almost became as enraged as a cookie-starved cookie monster. She started yelling, and then she pulled out a gun, loaded it, and began waving it around. Well, the workers gave her her cookie. Here, you want a cookie? But Amari was still pretty hot, so she pulled into the parking space, stormed up to the door. Well, that's when the employees called 911, tried to lock the door, but she was able to force her way inside. So there was a scuffle, but fortunately, nobody was seriously hurt. 
Amari was arrested and hit with multiple charges, including aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, battery, and resisting arrest. Now, here's the judge listing off the woman's charges in court and Officer Michelle Montalvo talking about this um, cookie rage incident. There is an allegation of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without the intent to kill. Has a handgun while she's in the drive-thru, so they call 911. The employees that were there, the drive-thru, were in fear. I mean, you can only imagine. I mean, it's it's a handgun. It put anyone uh, most likely in fear. Oh, and by the way, here's the caveat. Turns out um, that um, Amari is a manager of a fast food restaurant, although the police didn't say which one. Of course, if she's willing to pull a gun on somebody over a free cookie from McDonald's, I'd really hate to see how she treats the free pot sticker sample lady at Costco. I bet bank tellers throughout the city really hate to see her in the drive-thru, you know? Well, this is the kind of like uh, that uh, your mom's lying about if a friend jumped off a cliff. Okay, you've heard, my mom used to say that all the time. If your friend jumped off the roof, would you do it too? This is kind of like this. I mean, just because somebody else commits a crime doesn't mean you should. Some idiot got into it with a cashier at a Circle K store in Memphis because she wouldn't sell him a beer. So he was going to get even. He grabbed an entire display of chips, put the whole thing in his car, and drove off. Now, it's not clear if the cops caught him yet or not, but... While the cashier was distracted, another customer named Joseph Braswell noticed the guy had dropped a couple of bags of chips outside. So what does he do? Hmm, oh, I see some chips. Look at there. He picks them up and starts eating them. And police found him a few minutes later with crumbs on his face and security footage showing what happened. Now he's facing a charge of theft of property worth $1,000 or less. By the way, those chips were $4.98 a bag. <laughs> well, a 23-year-old Texas man is now facing charges after recording himself fleeing from a state trooper during a traffic stop. And what do you think he did? Of course, he posted it on YouTube. Alan Lynch Jr. recorded himself being pulled over by a trooper with the Texas Department of Public Safety, apparently because his temporary tags were expired. And Lynch could actually be heard saying that he just got the car that day, a Dodge Charger. Now the trooper asks Lynch for his license and tells him to get out of the car. Well, that's when Lynch took off. The trooper can be seen in the side view mirror running back to his car. Lynch continued to record as he speeds through traffic, weaving his way between cars and trucks. And he says later in the video, I got away. <laughs> he uh, is seated in the car, apparently having pulled off the road after fleeing the officer. I got away. Round of applause. Round of applause. You think I'm going to make their job easier? And then he also says, their job is to catch us. Our job is to run away. Well, Lynch also took video of the damage to one of the wheels of his car. Then, four days later, Lynch was arrested. Yeah, here is uh, Lynch's YouTube video. And then Lieutenant Craig Cummings talking about the full incident. So, y'all, I got away. I got away. It's just a car that I drive just to um, get around so the police won't pull me in. That places lives at risk needlessly, and he had a cavalier attitude about it. This is what happens when you record everything on your phone. But hey, one good thing about smartphones is they expose stupid people. 
and I get to talk about it on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's made the cop's job way too easy. Nothing like filming your own confession. I think maybe the cop should have had the video rolling when he walks up four days later and records the arrest and posts that on YouTube. Well, Clearwater Fire and Rescue placed a, uh, well, placed actually two West Central Florida paramedics on suspension after pronouncing a man dead, who was later found to still be breathing, according to authorities. Oopsies! The paramedics from Station 47 responded to this call about a 65-year-old man in cardiac arrest at a private residence in unincorporated Pinellas County, according to WFLA-TV. So the responders pronounced the man dead shortly after their arrival. Clearwater Fire and Rescue said this in a statement that they left the area once the deputies from the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office arrived to investigate. According to the news release, the deputy noticed the patient was breathing and requested medical crews to return to the scene. Largo Fire Rescue crews were called in and reached the scene, according to WFLA. At about 28 minutes elapsed between the initial call and Largo medics' arrival, according to Clearwater Fire, Fire and Rescue. Now, the man was taken to the hospital and was still recovering, according to the WFLA report. Upon notification of the incident, we immediately removed both fire medics from their normal duties and discontinued their abilities to provide patient care in conjunction with the county's medical director. Uh, this is from the Clearwater Fire Chief Scott Ellers in a statement. He says, on behalf of the city, I apologize for the actions and the inactions of our crew during this incident. We have strict policies and procedures in place that were not followed according to our preliminary review. These two did not perform to the standard of care that our citizens expect and deserve. We will address this incident swiftly. Now, Jennifer Poirier, the Clearwater's interim city manager, told WTSP-TV that the actions of the two paramedics were not up to the city's standards. She goes, our first responders proudly serve our community each and every day, and they are expected to help people when they need it the most, she says to the TV station. She said, when this does not occur at the level at which we expect, it is incumbent upon us to determine exactly what happened, why it happened, and then ensure it will never happen again. And when it does, you can bet... It'll show up on this podcast. Well, President Biden was talking about the three balloons the military shot down over Alaska, Canada, and Michigan here. And, well, actually, here's the president talking about those balloons that were shot down and where they may have come from. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were, but nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other any other country. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. Now, he said there's no evidence that they were Chinese spy balloons like the ones that we shot down weeks ago, right? He said these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation or research institutions studying the weather. Now, look, we might know where at least one of the balloons came from, like the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. That's where. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, it's a real thing. It's a balloon club. Yeah, for hobbyists. Uh, the name is a reference to a scene in the movie Up, where the old man gives the kid a merit badge that's really a bottle cap. You remember that scene? 
Well, the group launches small balloons with trackers on them so they can track them as they float around the world. And they're pretty basic. I mean, they cost anywhere from 12 bucks to 180 bucks. The $12 versions are basic Mylar balloons, kind of like the kind you buy at a party store. Dozens are up there at any given time, and they actually sometimes circle the Earth several times before they finally come down. They weigh less than six pounds, so they're actually allowed by the FAA. So the Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade says they lost contact with one of their balloons near Alaska. And that's also when the military used a Sidewinder missile to shoot something down in the same area. The Balloon Brigade's balloon was floating around about 39,000 feet, which is also about right. So circumstantial evidence adds up, but the government isn't saying anything. Hmm. Well, there are people who love Disneyland. I've been to Disneyland at least once. And then there are people that hate Disneyland. And then there are people who like it once in a while. But after an exhausting 12 hours at the park, they're probably good for a year, right? Or maybe five. And then there's the 50-year-old guy named Jeff Wrights, who just earned himself a Guinness World Record for visiting Disneyland 2,995 days in a row. Folks, that's eight years, three months, and 13 days. <laughs> His run stretched from 2012 to 2020. His last visit was March 13th, the last day the park was open before closing for the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, here's Jeff actually talking about his enormous amount of visits when he was in the middle of breaking the record. So, y'all, I got away. I got away. It's just a car that I drive just to um, get around so the police won't pull me in. That places lives at risk needlessly, and he had a cavalier attitude about it. He was trying to make it to 3,000, and he was just five days away. And he struggled a bit during the pandemic and decided to make changes in his life. And, well, one of them was to stop the streak and just move on. Jeff's record was uh, just certified by Guinness, and he says he'd love to return to Disneyland and show it off. Uh, but he hasn't really decided on a return date yet. Can you blame him? <laughs> well, <laughs> if, um, if you took an original first-generation iPhone into Verizon for a trade-in, what do you think you'd get for it? Maybe, what, 63 cents or something, you know? Well, look, that's for a used one. But a woman named Karen Green, she had an original iPhone from 2007, which was still factory sealed. And back then, which, what, 16 years ago, she had just scored a new management job at PetSmart. And to celebrate, her friends bought her an iPhone. But Karen never ended up opening it. I mean, she already had a phone she liked. And, well, she had a contract with Verizon because at the time, iPhones could only be used with AT&T. But since it was a gift, she just kept it, right? Well, actually, here's Karen on an episode of Doctor and the Diva telling the story of why she kept it for so long in the original packing. 2007, I got a new job and my friends bought me the latest first generation Because it's iPhone. a new job and you're all excited job, and you've got to do got this, you know. It's got all these you know? neat things on there wow. to do a new job, like a right. calendar and, and all this stuff. And you didn't open it. I had just gotten a brand new phone. And then a couple years went by and somebody was like, hey, an Apple collector might want that. It's the original iPhone and never broke the 
seal. And I'm like, it's an iPhone, so it'll never go out of date. <laughs> yeah, so a while back, she heard that a first-generation iPhone sold for thousands on eBay. And, well, she had it appraised back in 2019 for $5,000. Well, now she's finally decided to unload it, sold it at an auction, and somebody paid $63,356.40 for a first-generation factory-sealed iPhone. Yeah, uh, it was expected to sell for at least 50000 So Karen's friends, they probably coughed up about $599 for it back in 2007. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Have you ever priced a new cell phone lately? I mean, what, sixty-three grand? That's a bargain. That's something you never hear about, you know, an overpriced Apple product. <laughs> well, here's why it is so important to get along with your roommates. Last year, a 63-year-old woman in Evansdale, Iowa, comes forward with a lottery ticket worth about $30,000. Her name is Sandy Crow. And there's a photo of her getting her big giant novelty check, right? But cops recently got a call about a disturbance at her home. And, well, things went mm, sideways. When the cops got there, she was arguing with her roommate, 45-year-old Alvin Larson. He was in the middle of moving out. And the police overheard them arguing about the winning ticket. Turned out, Alvin was actually the one who bought the ticket. And, uh, well, he had Sandy cash it so to avoid having a portion of the money seized. You see, he's in debt, including $919 in unpaid fines he owes the city. So he convinced Sandy to say the ticket was hers and promised her a share of the winnings. Well, it's not really clear how much she was supposed to get, but she apparently realized she had not, uh, or she had all the leverage and didn't give Alvin his full share. So, like idiots, they reveal the whole scam to the cops. Alvin told him the ticket was really his, accused Sandy of fraud, and he was right. But he also failed to realize he, he also committed fraud, specifically lottery fraud, fraud. So now both of them are facing felony charges. Yeah. Way to go, guys. You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with um, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. -E. You'll get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop or mobile, for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, -E, on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at InsaneEricLane.com.
Let's go, Mr. Eric. It's going. I'm telling you. So uh, it sounds like that uh, you've had a good week, huh? <laughs> it depends on how you measure it. But I'd say for the most part, yeah. Uh, well, work is, I, is always uh, chaotic, whether or not it's going to be good or bad. It's like a it's like a gamble, you know, like yeah. rolling dice. Well, but, you, uh, otherwise, I, I will tell I will tell you, you, you probably need to update your LinkedIn profile. It's got you down today <laughs> as your as your six year anniversary at your old job. Oh, yeah. No, I'm never on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> <but> I, <laughs> that, that is right. You know, well, actually, today's not even my six year anniversary of that. So that, even that's not right. That happened uh, a few weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we're we're getting ready here in uh, where where I am here in Central PA. Where we have the big winter jam. Have you ever been to one of those uh, big multi-band festival concerts? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we we always had a uh, well. There's been a lot of those over the years. You know, because my, yeah. my dad was in radio biz, and we always had near us. Uh, there, there was, I think. Um, there was a not a winter was it winter jam there, there was some kind of winter jam type thing here that my wife used to go to uh, when she yeah. was younger. Yeah, I yeah, used to always go to Night of Joy at Disney because we'd get yep. in for free with the radio yep. station. Yep, yep, that's it. Well, this time I'm going to be doing winter jam with uh, my youngest son, who's going to be representing his radio station at college. Yeah, like father, like son. Yeah, you know. Is, so. is he going to start growing the hair out too and wearing cutouts? Well, that I don't know. That I don't know. I I can't see that happening, but um, you never know. <laughs> so, but uh, you, yeah, do, so, do you think that one day he'll grow up to talk about, uh, you know, to, to make tons of dick jokes on a podcast? Well, uh, he, would he, he be could. Proud? He could. He could. He could possibly be one of the collaborators here. You, you know, we could, <laughs> with, we, this could turn into a threesome here on this. Thing. Oh gosh, what well, I um. <laughs> I, I'm teasing in. There's gonna be a lot of dick jokes, uh, jokes today. I'm just well, uh, warning yes, everybody. At, well, this actually, is what our lives are. Th- this, I mean, you know, he, he's got his own button pusher podcast. See, so, and and uh, the, and and so there, there's a link to the button pusher podcast in the in the podcast notes, so you can check it out. So, but, oh, there uh, we go. <laughs> but 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 see, I we push buttons of a different kind here on this podcast you know this this just listening to all the stupidity pushes people's buttons you know yeah i, I think there's more unbuttoning and unzipping going on on, on this podcast yeah <laughs> yeah this is true this is true uh yeah well it's uh i, I was i was talking to some friends of mine and they were listening to it like the podcast for the first time and they're, they're like going are where do you find these things i'm like oh i I'm mining the internet for stupidity, man. <laughs> so, I mean, where there are people, there's always going to be stupidity. Oh, absolutely. Um, you, you, know? you know, one of the fun things here uh, that um, that we, we've got, M- Mrs. Poncho recently bought a laminator. And, no. uh, and, and she got, she's getting together all these tools to mm-hmm. start trying to do, you know, she wants to homeschool our kids. Um, yeah. And yeah. so she's starting to try to start preschool soon at our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So today she's laminating and cutting up little calendars. So that way uh, we can get, you know, like, a, you know, the days of the week and the weather for the day and all, all these nice little things you could build on the calendar that, you know, 
yep. and I, I will say they look cute. They've got a little Velcro on the back, so you can kind of take things off. And if there's a holiday, then there's a special holiday little stamp to put on there instead. And and you know you could change it up every month. Um, wow. And so I, I was thinking, you know, if there's advice on homeschool stuff on the kind of right kind of uh, you know stickers and tools to use, then we could use some advice on that. Well, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can find some really good, stupid stories about homeschoolers. That should give you some good confidence. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm not <laughs> sure if that would help me out. But uh, the, the, first, the first story, though, it, I thought it would kind of maybe help uh, t tell me what not to do. <laughs> uh, and, and this is, a, you know, Valentine's Day just passed. This is a kindergarten teacher that we're talking. So, um, look, apparently there's a big age difference between preschool and kindergarten when you look at the content of the stickers going on. Because um, if it Valentine's Day, it's not just a way to show love for our partners, right? Mm -hmm. um, we can also show appreciation for our family and our friends and our colleagues. We, oh, we yeah. made, uh, you know, strawberry, kind of pink strawberry homemade cupcakes at home for Valentine's Ooh, Day. Uh, nice. This is Poncho nice. and, and little Poncho, so, uh, Ponchito. So, you know, it was nice. So we're going to um, have fun. There's, just, there's a lot more to Valentine's Day than big romantic gestures, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and going so out and buying and going out and buying salted caramel chocolates for your spouse. That's, that's a, I know that's, that's what you did, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> some teachers, uh, the, the teachers will even choose to mark the day uh, with with their classes, giving them like an age appropriate summary of the day, right? Mm -hmm. um, other uh, one teacher, I'm sure some of the teachers will say, you know, uh, really the day after Valentine's Day, you could just expect you could expect a very happy Mr. Johnson. That's all. I, mean, I, I didn't mean uh, Johnson actually sounds. I wasn't mean to make it a euphemism in that way. Just uh, but, well, Robinson doesn't help either. Thanks to Simon and Garfunkel. Anyway, one no. teacher went above and beyond. Okay, for his kids in the class by buying them some heart-shaped sweets and stickers. But mm -hmm. before he'd given the, the children the stickers, he realized that they were outrageously inappropriate for the little ones in his kindergarten class. Mm. Um, thankfully, this is before he handed them out. Can you just imagine this? Okay, there's a, a teacher slash TikToker, Mr. Fred, who posts <laughs> under username uh, at the Mr. Dot Fred Project. Um, <sighs> the Mr. Fred Project just sounds like a like a like a band or something, you know? Um, yeah, well, well, the, the it, Mr. Fred Project sounds a lot less perverted than Mr. Fred. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Fred, that's true. Uh, well, like, he headed to social media uh, to show the confectionery that he bought for his class and the sticker sheet that he was playing and handing out to the children. He said, <clears throat> okay, uh, so I thought I was being nice and clever by getting these treats. Classic gummies, heart suckers, these little fizzy pops. And then thought, oh, let's get some stickers because all kids love stickers. Yeah. Then I, heard, I I start to read these stickers. And, um, well, he, he then read out some of the sayings on the stickers. Who needs a Valentine when you have wine? One boasted. <laughs> well, whilst another inappropriately stated, you're booty full. And, uh, <laughs> you know, booty was all caps and, and hyphenated away from the full part. Um, I, after reading some more, uh, uh, he said... Oh my God, my superintendent is going to be calling me. <laughs> then he <laughs> joked, well, these are the lines I use on my plenty of fish, uh, mm. concluding that the stickers were not appropriate for children. Mm -hmm. In the comments, though, people found the near miss hilarious. 
with some teachers relating. One wrote, I had a student bring those stickers in today. I didn't notice till I came home and opened my own gift. He passed them out to the whole class. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, you know, I don't know. Don't they have sections where they have adult stickers and kids stickers? Or do they mix them all together? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I guess. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is like the, isn't this like the second or third time I've, I've, we've had a story about people getting something for their class and getting home and finding out they're not what they thought they were. Oh, uh, the, the best was when, the, when a school handed like a Catholic school handed out condoms yes. to kids, like yes. middle schoolers. Yeah. Yes. That was, that was, I, I, I don't <laughs> How do you how do you not notice? You know when you're just you just kind of go out and just randomly pick stuff. I I don't know. I, I mean, you would think some of the stuff would be obvious in their packaging. You know, uh, adult themed Valentine greetings. You know what I'm saying? Just it's, imagine it's, the dice games that the second graders <laughs> played. Those are the stickers at, at <laughs> kindergarten. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's like. Some of the stuff is even like disguised with the normal stuff. You don't know what's inappropriate and what's not. But I know there is a prisoner that tried to disguise himself and it didn't work when he tried to get out of jail. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even sure I can give this, this guy even uh, an E for effort because I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I mean, if I was going to try to break out of a jail, trying to do it, um, disguising myself as an ovine, I, I don't think it would work, but this guy did try it. And if this criminal, if he wasn't a killer, I would at least try to give him some extra points for creativity, even though he failed miserably. This convict <laughs> is trying to escape this maximum security prison in Bolivia. So what does he do? He decides, decides to disguise himself, right? He does it as a sheep. He's going to disguise okay. himself as a sheep. So he's, he's like a wolf he, in sheep's clothing. <laughs> this is a sheep in, or yeah, well, maybe a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, but he's thinking he can do this and he can pass by a security completely unnoticed. Okay. Now, the guy's name is Jose Luis Callasaya Diaz, or however way you say that. Okay. He's serving this 15 year sentence for homicide. The guy wraps himself up in sheepskin. My question is, where did he get sheepskin? In the prison, you know? So then if he wraps himself up Could you imagine how many people he had to blow in prison to get that? (laughs) 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 You know, so after he wraps himself up in sheepskin, he crawls across the grassland that surrounds the jail with the other farm animals near the uh, Kronikoro facility before attempting to break through this external wall. I'm still trying to figure out how did he actually leave a maximum security prison wrapped in sheepskin, you know, and managed to get out in the grassland in the first place. But anyway, Diaz, who, by the way, he's nicknamed the spider. He botches the escape. When he was caught, prison staff noticed that, well, he was in his cell. Never mind the guy is sneaking out of the maximum security prison in sheepskin unnoticed, but they noticed he wasn't in his cell. I love that. It, it seems like he would have gotten away with this if it wasn't for someone just catching that he wasn't in, in the cell. That, that's yeah. All. 
I, I, I'm still, this is stuff that you see in Saturday morning cartoons, the old Saturday morning cartoons, you know, I mean, do they really, they, I, I don't know. Anyway, pictures of this bizarre bid for freedom earlier in the month shows him crawling around while, <laughs> while wrapped in wool. Okay. It's going viral in Bolivia. So the director of the penitentiary regime, Juan Carlos uh, Limpias says that Diaz had taken advantage of the inclement weather to mount his foiled escape. So they blame the weather on the fact that he snuck out of prison in sheepskin. <laughs> well, I've got some exclusive audio here of how he was apprehended. Now, I've just got one question. Well, I've got many questions, but my big question is why would a guy who's known as the spider try to pass himself off as a sheep? Okay, despite getting caught, he, well, he made a pretty convincing sheep, I guess, if he's able to sneak out of a maximum security jail wrapped in sheepskin. I mean, two horny prison guards actually proposed. How do you like that, you know? But anyway, I, that, I am still, I would like to, I'd love to see the, the close circuit uh, footage on how he was able to, first oh, off, yeah. get the sheepskin, wrap himself in sheepskin, get out of jail and get into the grassland before he was caught. I, I just think it was sad that the moment he got back in jail, he was probably, um, uh, was it like lamb shanked? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? Oh, um, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Look, look um, I, I think <laughs> like the image of my mind is great for that. Like this, like that could have been the greatest prison escape ever if he just got away with it. Um, uh. But I think at least uh, this guy's better off with sheepskin. Uh, or if, if sheepskin didn't work, maybe he could have been better off with lambskin. Yeah, well, uh, right. Uh, you know, uh, kind of like you know, like those classic lambskin condoms. I'm just going to get into it. You teased this last week. Um, oh, yeah. This is what I was telling you about last week. Yes. <laughs> and it sounds too great. So, Well, um, well, I want to know is, did you read this story to your parents? I, I have not read it to my parents yet. I, I imagine <laughs> that uh, apparently my mom likes to listen to, to our, our ramblings while she cleans around the house. So. Well, she needs here. to Maybe. save this. She needs to save this part of the podcast and play it for your father. Right, naturally, yeah. So naturally, you're going to give this to me to read, so that they can hear me, me read it to them. So <laughs> maybe I'll read it like I'm telling it to them or something. Uh, I, like I think that we can at least kind of start off agreeing that mo most of us want our parents to be happy together. You know, even long into their golden years. Yeah. But uh, hearing the evidence of their attraction. Uh, for each other is another story. <laughs> there's, there's a man that's being called a prude for the way that he reacted to getting an earful of his parents enduring attraction to one another. And uh, <laughs> um, he had to endure their enduring. Um, yeah. but, but like posting to the Am I the A hole subreddit, which is it's one of the best subreddits that are out there. Just if you want to, uh, so, some entertainment. Am I <laughs> the a-hole? You're going to find a lot of great stories. Um, yep. This is where people go to try to figure out if they were in the wrong in a conflict. He described the situation. Uh, he describes himself in the post as like he's an introvert. So his parents, it, 
his uh, parents' sex positive approach isn't really his thing. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he writes, this like, makes you think of like, you know, you ever watch Meet the Parents and how like, yeah. Uh, what was it like? Greg Fokker's uh, yep. parents yep. were like like sex counselors or something. Or his yes. mom was, and yeah, it was like this. I'm thinking of like Greg Fokker's parents when I'm reading this. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He 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 writes that his siblings have always appreciated his parents. Uh, his parents' sex positive attitude, but that he prefers to keep my private life well private. Yeah. Uh, you know, keep and keep his privates private too. I think. Um, <laughs> Well, think Sheldon Cooper with uh, with less raw sex appeal, basically, uh, <laughs> is what he describes it as. And and he says, uh, that's how he describes himself. He says that his embarrassment started right from the beginning of the relationship with his wife of several years. Now, his parents, uh, this is when his parents made a show of how cool they were with them sharing a bed on visits. Uh, I was mortified, and my girlfriend at the time couldn't stop blushing, he writes, <laughs> noting that he and his girlfriend had not yet slept together at the time. <laughs> now, it seems the tables have turned. Uh, he and his wife just had their first baby, so his parents recently came to stay, and the visit definitely came with some surprises. <laughs> the man could hear his parents loudly having sex in the, his guest bedroom and was <laughs> disgusted by it. As as he rightfully should have been. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with it, but nobody wants to hear the other parents uh, in that kind of way. I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make the, the claim here that this guy is not the a hole for this, okay? And I'm probably gonna I'm, I'm gonna get letters for this or something. But uh, he he writes that the guest room, but it's it isn't even against the shared wall, <laughs> and yet. We could hear everything. <laughs> I don't want to hear everything, he added. I don't want to hear anything. Um, that, that's my thought, right? Uh, his wife thinks he's overreacting and thinks it's lovely that a married couple in their 50s still has the attraction and energy. <laughs> he vehemently disagrees. The man asked his parents to stop having sex in his home, and when they refused... He sent them to a hotel. When, <laughs> he a that, when he asked that they at least refrain from having sex while he's in the house, they called him a prude and told him, that isn't how they raised me. Oh, <laughs> he responded that, like, did this guy have to hear this growing up as well? Like, this I don't something. know. Um, he responded that he's allowed to feel how I did in my own home. Um, <laughs> And so he told them, if they want to do it, uh, to do that, they can stay at a hotel. Instead, they went to stay at his brother's house, um, who also disagrees with how he responded to their parents' sex life and criticized him for imposing rules on my parents that they didn't have for us. His sisters have turned against him as well. And <laughs> while all the drama is making him unsure about how he handled things... He still insists, I have the right to be comfortable oh. in my own home. Oh, that's just so yeah. funny. I wonder if all of this has affected his own sex life. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, if he, the, the greatest part would be if he said that his wife started to turn on him as well. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, the only thing I could think about is like every time he decides he wants his wife wants to get romantic with him, he he has flashbacks of his parents' lovemaking and just totally <laughs> flattens everything, you know. 
<laughs> I'm telling you. So I, I think it's just outstandingly funny that they say, this isn't how you're raised. That, that was my favorite part of the whole story. I mean, my question is, I have heard stories where it's perfectly normal in people's houses for mom and dad to walk around in their all natural birthday suits when they're there by Ooh. themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and think nothing of it, you know? And now, uh, yeah, my, my, my mom would never do that. My dad occasionally, you know, he had like a hall closet that he kept a few of his nice suits and stuff in. So if he is going to like a, a meeting or something, you know, and he just gets out of the shower, you might see him take about six steps outside of his bedroom in the buff, go through the hall closet, pick his clothes out and go back inside to the bedroom. But that's about it. Okay. Never walking through the house, parading everything. Okay. Much less. Mm -hmm. I never heard any noises coming out of my parents' bedroom at all like that. <laughs> but I mean, just, I, I, just the thought of all this sort of thing is cracking me up because the guy says he doesn't want to hear anything, you know, and I can't say I blame him. No, I'm with you. I don't think the guy's in a hole at all, <laughs> so, you know? So, and the fact is maybe he got him a like when well, a nice four-star hotel, you know, I mean, I, I'd get him a four-star hotel just to have a move out of the house. So I don't have to listen to it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely, uh, definitely would be with this guy. He, he feels disrespected in his own home by his own parents, you know, but, but I've got a story where we have a guy who um, was disrespected, not quite in such a, um, well, confrontational or an embarrassing way, but it was pretty out, outrageous. Now I can identify with this guy too, because see, you know, I've been the victim of people getting into my stuff in the refrigerator at the workplace you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I, you know, I go and I don't touch nobody's food, even though I may be tempted, you know, it's like, Nope, that's not mine. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not even going to sample it, you know? So I have my, my sandwich, whatever it is. I got my coffee creamer that I keep in our refrigerator at the radio station. I even keep it wrapped up in like the plastic bag that I bought it at the supermarket. It's like, it's obvious this is somebody's and you're not to get in it. Okay. But here a while back, a few years ago, somebody I knew was getting into it because they messed with my bag. I could come in on Monday morning and I'm thinking somebody's getting into my coffee creamer, you know, and the, and I'm seeing the level of coffee creamer go down in the bottle. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not buying coffee creamer for people to come in on the weekend and slurp down, you know, when they want to make coffee, go get your own dang coffee creamer. Right. So I decided I would send a message. First, I put a sign on the refrigerator and I told him, if you didn't buy it, don't take it. Well, apparently that didn't really get, they didn't get the message. So I found a way to get the message to them. Whenever I had maybe a fourth of a bottle of the coffee creamer left, I went and bought a new bottle of coffee creamer, but I also picked up a bottle of milk of magnesia and mineral oil. So when I went back to the radio station, I got the, almost empty bottle of coffee creamer and I enhanced it with milk of magnesia and mineral oil, shook it up really good, put it back in the refrigerator. Then I took the new bottle of coffee creamer and used that for myself, but I replaced the foil very carefully back over the spout to make it look like it was still unopened and put that back in the refrigerator. <laughs> Needless to say, it worked. <laughs> 
<laughs> so whoever was getting into my coffee creamer got a little surprise. <clears throat> so, and I'm hoping that maybe it made its way to their colon when that, that when that mineral oil finally kicked in, <laughs> you know, but I know, I mean, I've, I've done everything, but write my name on the food. So my coworker would need it or, but look, sometimes um, in this case, they don't care. There's a Fort Myers man who went completely out of his way. He goes out and buys a key lime pie for his elderly mommy's birthday party that was coming up, right? <clears throat> he goes, puts it in the fridge. He's going to keep it in the fridge till the big day. Tells this guy that's his roommate <clears throat> that he lives with. It's a 74-year-old guy named David Powelson. Don't touch the pie. This is for my mom for her birthday. But Powelson, drawn to the dessert reminiscent of a cartoon character, was losing all control to a pie in waiting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the man slipped into a daze in his recliner when something caught his eye. Powelson wasn't just eating a slice of his prized possession, but he was eating the entire pie himself, making sure <laughs> there wasn't even a crumb left behind. Well, the man's blood began to boil over despite this whole thing and the disrespect that was shown to his key lime pie. He confronts David and the pair become embroiled in a war of words over the final course. <laughs> so in his attempt to de-escalate things, Powelson decides to try to cool off his heated opponent by dumping two large glasses of water all over the pilot's victim. <laughs> so <laughs> with, with this, keep this in mind, these are two old guys fighting with each other, all right? So with this in mind, the Lee County Sheriff's Office gets involved. Then the victim and Powelson each explain their side of this uh, pie story, according to the arrest report. So after a brief investigation, Mr. Powelson got charged and arrested with battery on a person 65 or older. I, this is the first time I've ever seen anybody getting charged with um, battery by pouring two large glasses of water over somebody, over <laughs> a pie, all right? But look, I still think there's just no excuse for, you know, pilfering this guy's pie. I mean, I, I totally get this guy's point, but I don't really care how stoned you are. But I know this, if, if some say there is a hell, this pie thieving punk just got his fast pass there. I guarantee it. <laughs> I, I have never heard of someone getting arrested for disrespectfully consuming a pie. Yeah, um, but hey, it's a key lime pie. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a, I like key lime pie. So, you know, I'd fight you for a key lime pie. I really would. Uh, I, you know, I, I do agree with you there. I, I <laughs> you got a point. Um, and, and when it comes to, to, you know, like, uh, food like that, anyways, you know, the, like he's eating the whole pie. Anyways, usually people are just fighting over the largest slice. That's right. Uh, or the, or the last slice or the last slice. Um, you know, but sometimes size, you know, sometimes you think size matters, but it, Sometimes size, but you know, the larger it is, uh, the worse it may not may not as actually be as good for you. Oh, I don't really? Know, you know, um, it, it is, do, do I, tell, do tell. Yeah, look, <laughs> we're going to go back to more dick jokes because we're we're talking too much about other things. Uh, this last story, and um, the, this I, I this was too funny to not have to pick here. Um, <laughs> The average. This is not even a way to transition from. This is, this is a good scientific pie rudely. 
Yeah, this this is a good scientific study. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Like, uh, I need everyone to keep a straight face because we're going to talk about some serious <laughs> science right now. Okay. okay? All right. Uh, that affects about fifty percent of the population, which really I'd say probably more like you know seventy five percent of the population. Yeah. Um, you know, or more when you when you uh, factor in you know the the um. I went the sex positive, uh, you know. Oh yes, that's moms right. Moms and dads out there. Um, yes. The average size of men's junk is apparently increasing hmm. rapidly, oh. and, and it's not because men are just all getting aroused simultaneously at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it has nothing to do with those hot President's Day weekend dates. Oh um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But. <laughs> Uh, like there's a, a new study out of Sanford Medicine that claims that the average engorged penis length increased by 24 percent in just the last 29 years. Wow! So, uh, I, you know, I did not realize there were people out there actively measuring engorged penis lengths. Do you know that? Uh, yeah. Well, I, well I, I assumed it was all the teenage boys out. <laughs> 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 No, they, they, they looked at data for, for more than 55,000 men between wow. 1942 and 2021 mm -hmm. and around, around the world. This is mm -hmm. uh, now like this seems like good news, but the researchers are concerned because mm. that's a big change in a relatively <laughs> short period of time. Yeah. And they're worried mm. about the ramifications it could have on fertility. The mm. urologist at the center of, um, of the study, he's calling for more research to confirm the trend. He, I'm gonna have to look at some more uh, dick pics to be able to. Yeah, I was gonna so, say, do um, they need more volunteers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, like, this is so that scientists can start figuring out the cause of the changes. That's what they I claim. See. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> well, like he suggests that uh, that it could have something to do with the chemical exposure in our environment. Food, plants, ah. homes, and even hygiene products. For example, hormone-disrupting chemicals may be causing children to go through puberty earlier, which can affect development. He also ah. suggested that it could uh, it could be caused by behavioral changes, like our hmm. increasingly sedentary lifestyles. <laughs> for uh, for what it's worth, uh, like some doctors are skeptical of the study, suggesting that the the numbers might be skewed. A little bit to the left, you know. Um, I, thought, I thought maybe they might be a little screwed. Screwed. I was thinking about pierogi, pierogies, pierogies. <laughs> yeah. um, like uh, this is either either because men with smaller packages may be less likely to participate in voluntary studies, or even that our methods of measuring our junk have shifted over time. With creative ways to try to add length, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> My question is, what sort of method of measuring your junk are you using? <laughs> yes. <laughs> are they, are they, are, I want to know, are they measuring it in hands? <laughs> <laughs> of course, if you're if, if you're if you're an equestrian, you might get the joke because you measure horses' lengths, the length, the height of a horse in hands. In you hands. Know? So I, so I'm maybe you're measuring your that. your length length of your manhood in the hands. Also, I think I think most guys uh, would request a scientist with small hands uh, to measure. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know this might come as a surprise, but man, manhood length is longer um, when people are self-reporting. Uh, I, I can only yeah. imagine. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, standard process is important to keep uh, the data. Yeah, you apples to apples. Um, I see. <laughs> b- balls to balls, I guess. Uh, oh, or in this case, bananas to bananas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still, this study out of Stanford, this is these are the important things that science, Stanford, right? Everyone knows yeah. the name Stanford. Yeah. These are important scientific studies. It wasn't just a random BuzzFeed poll, okay? It, it was a scientific deep dive into eight decades of data. Wow. Yeah. Eight decades of data. Mm. Wow. That, that's, uh, that's a lot of bananas. I, I do have a theory, though, considering they go back to 1942 with the measurements. I yeah. think that, that the difference might be because uh, the men back in 1942 just had bigger balls. <laughs> that's true. Well, yeah. you'll find you'll find an interesting parallel story that's going to probably show up in next week for you to pick. That they have they've discovered that men who drink Coca Cola and, and Pepsi, uh, they have enhanced junk so i think that might be a tease on what's coming next week we may have found Ooh. the cause of all this here you know so i, I <laughs> just might... think i've never been more proud to be younger than you in my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and here's another thing i also found out too i found out that those who drink coffee now this is just a list of other foods, but coffee was included. I think um, I think broccoli was included. Some some you know there's something in some of these foods that's good for good penis health. So I'm thinking, well, if coffee is good penis health food, I'm 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 pretty good. I'm good to go. You know, because <laughs> that's pretty much all I drink. You know, so, <laughs> but yeah. So well, while we're on the topic of um, things pertaining to uh, dildos. We may as well go ahead and move right on into this story because this we're going from biological science now to archaeological science. Okay, so we've got some archaeologists in the UK totally flabbergasted. They discovered a remarkable thing. Uh, They discovered that a 2000 year old sewing tool, that's what they're calling it, could potentially be the only known life-size roman dildo <laughs> so uh, and, and now they detailed this um sewing alleged, their oats i see yeah they're sewing their wild oats actually <laughs> but yeah they, they they detailed this supposedly alleged phallic first in the journal antiquity now um this uh, dr rob collins he's this archaeologist at newcastle university he co-authored this uh, paper for the guardian the guardian over in the uk reported it he says i have to confess part of me thinks it's kind of self-evident that it's a penis okay <laughs> so now, it's i guess it, a lot of quick deduction figured that out he says we know ancient romans and greek they used sexual implements so this object from the Vindolanda, uh, I guess is where they found this, could be an example of one of these uh, sexual implements. Although <laughs> it's a uh, Caligula-esque sex accessory, which was first discovered back in 1992 um, during this excavation at uh, the Roman fort of Vindolanda. 
Dolanda in Northumberland. It's according to the Times of London, and they put it out in a recent report. Now, the archaeologist initially classified this, um, well, six-inch-long cylindrical object as an implement for uh, darning. You know, when you darn your your clothing, so it's like the practice of you know repairing holes in woven fabric using like a needle and thread which a lot of modern scientists suspect that was because they had discovered it alongside of some shoes and garments and stuff, right? But upon further examination, 30 years on, the researchers started to believe, well, they might have been wide of the mark a little bit. So see, the small <laughs> phallic facsimiles were ubiquitous in ancient Rome, often in mosaic frescoes and even pendants worn around the neck as uh, tantric totems, you might say. But researchers believe that this... Uh, <laughs> doppelwanger <laughs> might have been might have been used for self-pleasuring purposes due to its um, material you see and uh, well also the fact that it's kind of life-size and also rather disembodied it attributes that might make it the very first of its kind recovered from ancient rome now uh, according to what the this the scientist adds he says that the size of the phallus and the fact it was carved from wood raises a number of questions. This is what Collins is saying. He says the case for its sexual use is clear to most observers at first sight, adding, I don't know who entered it into the catalog. Maybe it was somebody uncomfortable with it or who didn't think the Romans would do such silly, silly things. But look, you know, we're talking about the Romans here, okay? So, and in addition, the tool itself was kind of smooth at both ends. So it kind of suggests that eh, maybe the supposed double-headed dildo might have been used over a period of time. Of course, this uh, phallic facsimile might not have been for literal masturbation. Now, Collins writes that the Romans may have actually employed it as a suggestive pestle to grind ingredients for culinary or medicinal use, and that the phallic-shaped head might have been chosen to imbue those with good luck, you might say. But there's another possibility, according to the paper, was that it, the uh, little wooden willy was a detachable part of a herm, which is a Roman statue consisting of a person's bust and a pillow pillar leading down to their <clears throat> genitals like a X-rated Pez dispenser, according to the study. So I guess the frisky Romans would see they would rub it to boost their libido, a la superstitious baseball players would touch their lucky bat before they play. You know what I'm saying? But before one, yeah. Collins, does, Collins does say that he hopes that the artifact is an ancient sex toy. Just imagine finding an artifact that's a Roman sex toy from back in the Roman days. He says, this is the most exciting and intriguing possibility. If, if that is the case, it would be, to our knowledge, the first Roman dildo that's been encountered from archaeology. How exciting. <laughs> so in a similarly phallic find back in 2015, the Polish archaeologist there sex-humed, you might say, an 18th century leather sex toy while conducting an excavation at a school for swordsmanship. So just I, I, I hate to totally ruin a person's um, sanguine idea of what the men and women of ancient times did to pleasure themselves. But I have a feeling they're just as kinky back then as some of the people were today, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> the Romans invented the bathhouse, right? You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I, I, I can only imagine like, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's a, oh, my, you know, my wife gets really turned on when she pulls out the darning tool. 
or something. You know, I, <laughs> Can, I, I just Roman wonder. Maybe Roman men are wondering why their wives are spending so much time sewing. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, this. Uh, yeah, they're 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 definitely knitting up something. That's true. But I I wonder if the Romans back then what they would be like if they had access to only fans. <laughs> only yeah, I you know. Uh, it, it would I, I would probably take place in the middle of a Coliseum or something. Is my guess. <laughs> oh um, my! Uh, well, I mean, we do know that some of those uh, some of those places back in the Roman days they had quite the they they had gods that they worshipped the sex gods back then. You know, so who knows? Maybe they were doing something as part of their um, Roman worship. Who knows? I uh, know. It, it does go to show you, though, that, that you, you ever hear of, of uh, the, the phrase, you know, the Rule 34? No, I have not heard it, the Rule 34. <laughs> it, basically, if it exists, if you can think of it, then there's a porn about it. That's, that's oh, yes. basically is the rule. Um, I would agree. And, and so, you know, look, I, it, nothing, I, I don't put anything past the Romans. Um, <laughs> just like how, you know, there's... This next thing, like usually, usually when you talk about Rule Thirty Four, you're talking about things that only exist on the internet, though, right? Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, you get something that exists in real life, though, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, this, like, you're gonna have to, like, you're not gonna have to, um, you're gonna hate me for telling you to do this. You're gonna have to look up a picture of this starfish because <laughs> you're not gonna, like, you're not gonna it's, get it really. Well, you know, until yeah, it, you see the gonna, picture. This is the artwork for this episode this week. I promise. Uh, so you've already seen it. It's a catch twenty two because when you see it, you're never going to be able to unsee it. You're going to want to <laughs> bleach your eyes out. Also, you're going to want to text it to at least five friends, immaturely yeah. giggling, and uh, it's just the nature of, of the of the thing. <laughs> and so uh, there, there's a sea star that's uh, eliciting some sophomore giggles online. I guess you could say uh, due to its resemblance to human genitalia. Which is so uncanny, it should probably be censored. Like when you look yeah. at it, your eyes are like, oh, and you're like, you're like I would be more comfortable if it was censored. And I was looking at the starfish <laughs> like that. It it looks like a starfish that can have sex with five other starfish. Um, <laughs> the, 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 there's a, a photo of, of this. It, it, like it looks like a, like a dildo almost on the end of these things. Uh, it's, it's dildo evoking deep sea denizen. <laughs> it's currently making waves in red on Reddit, and just like that, it's a new porn star. star uh, a, a new star is porn. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah there, I I ruined that punchline. Um, and like this is called an Australian sea star for those who want to look it up. So that way you don't have to look at penis starfish, which is a much more dangerous thing to put yes, in your yeah. Google search. Um, That's right. And, and this is what really the text re uh, kind of reads: an Australian sea star. It, it posted uh, to the forum aggregator yesterday. By well, this, is, this is a few more days since uh, when we got this year, but it was by user u slash Dullahan. The starfish, it was most noteworthy for the pornographic protrusions at the end of its arms, which <laughs> evokes some bizarro undersea sex toy or yep. an X-rated Patrick Star from SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> um, which is actually what I thought. I was thinking it's, it's Patrick Pornstar. Uh, there you go. It's, it's in the name, right? Uh, you know, as it turns out, the multi-pronged marine life is actually a granulated sea star. Uh, Coriaster 
granulatus. Uh, if you want to be even more safe, you could put that in or something. Um, and also, I'm sure that there's a porn about it on the web. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, it's known as the Doughboy Starfish due to its bulbous convex arms. Yeah. Um, it's like everyone that was naming this, we're just trying to name it something like, you know, <laughs> not like, I don't know. You're like, um, we call it uh, the, the uh, turtleneck of the, <laughs> the like, but like, call it what it is, okay? It's a penis starfish. Uh, yeah. They're generally found in, in tropical waters from East Africa to Papua New Guinea. The blur-worthy creature, and it is blur-worthy, um, it feeds on carrion and small invertebrates, such as coral polyps. Yeah, look, uh, imagine encountering a polyp as a penis starfish. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it ingests them via the mouth on the underside of its body. Go figure. The yeah. star's phallic appearance prompted a tidal wave of jokes on Reddit, with many dubbing it a cocktopus <laughs> and other, you know, not safe for work goofs. Um, one, guy, one guy said, uh, he, he said, hey, I found one of these uh, sea stars under my mom's bed once. Uh, <laughs> he, he said cheekily, one, one of these Redditors. Uh, there's another that said, uh, this is why we never meet mermaids, wrote another. <laughs> Uh, one, yeah, uh, one. <laughs> I was thinking. I, I'm pretty sure I saw one of these on on Air, uh, the Little Mermaid on Ariel's shelf of thingamajigs. Um, <laughs> the, 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 uh, one more is. Uh, I hear its condom fits like a glove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, in this one, uh, Leo looks like I'm going to uh, on a trip to Australia. I claimed another Reddit user. <laughs> yeah, um, really. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mrs. Poncho is no longer allowed to go to Australia. Uh, um, I'm just gonna she. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I did text it to her. Uh, it, it, her reaction, it was pretty good. It was a funny reaction. I, <laughs> though I almost felt uncomfortable sending it because it looks it looks so real. I'm like, you gotta see it. Because if you aren't yeah. looking at it, you're gonna not understand just how <laughs> actually real it looks. Um, meanwhile, another social media joker declared that the well-endowed sea star... Is it well-endowed? Like, or is it just many endowed? I, I yeah, don't well, know. Um, it, it, well, either way you look at it, it, it multi endowed and multi engorged. He kind of said this, this other guy he said it was a sacred religious symbol in the Pentec- uh, Pente- Pente- Pentecostal church, is what he, uh, <laughs> he says. So. Um, <laughs> the, the jokes could go on. Um, oh, they write themselves. On, on, on yes, they do. Uh, this isn't the first creature of the deep to be compared to Gentalia, uh, naturally. It's, it's a very it's a silly place, the deep sea. Uh, yeah. In 2019, the California coastline was besieged by a flotilla of pulsing penis fish, uh, oh. aka spoon worms. Um, yes. Prompting the internet to go uh, wild over phallic looking flotsam. And uh, it's it is also spawned this gem of a tweet from comedian Mark Normand. Uh, Normand says, "Ladies, if you aren't satisfied at home, remember there are plenty of fish in the sea." <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> and uh, and if you are really not getting what you need at home, uh, if you want to go to East Africa, you will have multiple orgasms from this starfish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I was just thinking that, you know, I, I could see the porno for this man already. It stars uh, Patrick, uh, you know, Patrick Pornstar. 
Yeah. And it's finding Dory's G spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you'd have multiple opportunities to do that with that starfish, that's for sure. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I saw this game of odds at that point. It's oh, yeah. numbers. The, the 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 first time I saw this picture, I'm thinking that is going to be the podcast artwork for this week. No doubt about it. And <laughs> it's like and and of course when I sent you the heads up about it, I'm thinking, I can't I I, I I can't even I was describe like, this. I was like, Eric Lane has sent me another dick pic. That's <laughs> just like I have to send you this picture because you're not going to believe it. <laughs> That's unreal. And and I mean, it's like like what you said. You cannot unsee it. It's like, did that? Oh, you can't. Yeah, it really is. It's it's incredible. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. But uh, but yes, yes, you you too can. You know, I want to see pet shops get these things and have people put them in their aquariums. I think that would be a riot. You know, because you know, you know, people always. If you've got an aquarium, you know, that's naturally, especially if you've got a really big aquarium. You know, and yeah, it's yeah. all and and you have it all lit up, and you have friends over for like a little house party. Naturally, that's like the first place people gravitate to because they want to bend over and look at all the different kind of fish that you have, right? And imagine. I I can Gawking see it in a dentist's into... office for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I mean, imagine the fun you could have, you know, by having a large aquarium and have people coming over and gawking down and seeing this penis starfish at the bottom and just watch the reactions. It would be, a re you know, I would love that. That would be the most fun I would ever have. I would, I would actually pay for an aquarium if I could have something like that, you know, just to blow people's minds. But then again, <laughs> I, 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 I like the fact that you share some of the stuff with Mrs. Poncho. I would love to just get to see her reaction. <laughs> and, uh, that's like uh, the best part about Mrs. Poncho is her reactions. <laughs> she, she's the kind of person that's funny because she's not trying to be. And yeah. those are the funniest kind of people. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's just Well, so now. Uh, we got some great Ask Poncho questions here, and obviously you kind of said what you and Mrs. Poncho was doing on Valentine's Day, which was basically watching uh, streaming videos or something, right? Yeah, Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, Three yeah, thousand. right, right. Yeah. So, so you know, it, once you, you know, you, you, once you're married, you know, and like I said, you know, Valentine's Day, some people can keep it going, others it just kind of becomes the routine. But here's an interesting question that we have from Finley on a valentine's day question because he he says he's in a situation where he really wants to ask a girl out uh, on a first date but is it weird to ask somebody out for that first date on valentine's day okay so here's here's what he writes he goes i really wanted to ask out at this ask out this girl in my building and i was going to do it but then i remembered it was valentine's day as I was on my way to work when somebody was carrying flowers. So should I have just waited until later in the week? Would it have been awkward to do it then? Or was it just another day? Hmm. Oh man, that's a, that's interesting. I, I would look, I'd say go for it, man. If you were, if you were planning on it, you were there, your heart was there, then, then go for it, but make it very chill and relaxed. Like don't make it a thing. You don't have to bring flowers or anything either. I mean, if you brought them, then like whatever. But, um, but like this, just make it a relaxed kind of chill, whatever. Like so that way it doesn't make it a big deal. Uh, yeah. That person doesn't need to be alone on Valentine's Day, but they also don't get weirded out 
by, you know, you trying to kind of come in, you know, guns blazing or something either like that. That might yeah. be like a, a, a red flag or just makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable, you know, and, yeah. As a, as a, if you want to be a gentleman, a gentleman's supposed to make others around him uh, comfortable, right? Basically, you know, and, and so um, and I think your chances would be better by making it you know something chill and relaxed in that way. So it would it would not be too obvious then for her for him to ask her out on Valentine's Day. Well, I mean, if you how more how much more obvious can you get if you're asking <laughs> someone out? You know, you're right. True. So like, I, I, if, if the time is right, let it go, but. But like you do risk Valentine's Day being kind of like a weird like you risk it making Valentine's Day making it weird, and so that's why you have to just take extra steps to make it not weird oh, okay. uh, on them. Yeah, that's what I would think. Um, but like you could be better off waiting as well. Like wait a week if you think I don't know if you. But um, but if, if you happen to see this person anyways, and and you get to talking, then like you know, mm-hmm. ask if she's got plans and and make it very chill and relaxed. Um, yeah, and uh, I've got one more here, and uh, I, I think I've already got an answer for this. But um, <laughs> well, I, I deliberately, <laughs> considering the story that we read at the beginning of the segment here, I, I knew it. I figured we would end it with this question. That's why I wanted I you to it. take it. <laughs> I, um, I, this is something that I'll have to uh, figure out over the next, you know, it'll be many years for me, but. Um, this is from uh, Yusuf. He's asking, our, our kids are still plenty, or I'm sorry, still pretty young. So I don't have to worry about it just yet. So look, you and me are in the same place, Yusuf. Uh, yeah. But I was wondering, do parents even have sex talks anymore? <laughs> I don't think mine ever did. I think they just assumed we learned at school from our friends. But with the internet and all, do parents still sit with their their, their kids down and do birds and bees analogies and such? Um, I, look, you're asking the wrong guy because I'm well, not there yet either. Um, I, I plan on it at one point, but I don't want to make a big thing out of it either. Well, are, are um, they sex positive? I was gonna say you could just have some loud sex in your uh, in your bedroom, <laughs> and and I think that they'll get the message and they'll they'll understand. Like, uh, also they might be turned off from ever having sex. So, uh, you know, that could be good or bad for you, depending on your level of sex positivity as a parent. (laughs) Yeah, I used to to tell everybody, I said, yeah, uh, whenever it came time for my dad to tell me about about the birds and the bees, the next day I got stung by a bee and for nine nine months I went around thinking I was pregnant. (laughs) Actually, actually. True story. I mean, we we had our our talk with the boys. Having two boys, I got the privilege of getting to do this. So, our oldest son, when we're gonna have the talk, this this came usually at age thirteen. Okay, and when they turn thirteen, become a teenager, then both we did this with both boys. That you get to have your pick of anywhere for the weekend. You get to go and spend with your dad for your 13th birthday weekend. So oddly enough, both of our, both of our boys picked Pittsburgh. So we spent the week or spent the weekend in Pittsburgh, but what was also included in that trip to Pittsburgh was we got to listen to every one of the CDs from focus on the families. Dr. Uh, what was uh, Dobson's explanation on coming of age, basically. And mm-hmm. what it means to go into adolescence. And uh, he didn't hold anything back. 
if you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. So imagine having the sex talk all on CD. You just listen to it, and then you can talk about it after. Okay. Well, <clears throat> we're listening. And of course, my oldest son was definitely not very sex positive. Okay. And made him highly uncomfortable to have to sit and listen to some of this stuff. The, Naturally. The best, <laughs> yes. Well, the, the best part, see, um, his birthday is in the summer. So, and my car doesn't have air conditioning. So the windows are rolled down and we're listening to this on the car stereo loudly as we're <laughs> driving along. All right. So we're about the time that it gets to the part on the CD where we're talking about things like, you know, masturbation and things like this. We are sitting in bumper to bumper traffic in downtown Pittsburgh. <laughs> With the windows down. <laughs> With the windows down. <laughs> and he is beyond uncomfortable. So I don't know. He he has a, a, a like a shirt or a jacket or something he's carrying with him. And just in case he has this draped over his head in the front seat of the car because <laughs> he doesn't want anybody to see him as he's listening to this. <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen in my whole life because he says I want to and you hear you hear Dr. Dobson talking about you know ejaculation and about all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and and as I'm not thinking, you know, you're drawing more attention to yourself by sitting in the car with a coat over your head, you know, than anything else. So so yes. Yes, I think he should have sex talks with his kids for the sheer entertainment value, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, what I What I'd like to hear is, like, you know, you having the sex talk and, you, you, you know, you're saying one of them was, was very uncomfortable and one of them asked a lot of questions. Yeah. I could imagine, you know, oh, this, and then, and then you just have, you know, what's it like? <laughs> I, I want to see what you what your what your reaction and response to that would be. Yeah, what's it like? Yeah, well, you know what's me, I'm up, I'm up for any dare like that. Uh, you know, I, of course, it reminds me of an old Monty Python skit. Is is really what it does? Um, and uh, uh, it's it's not worth going into. But oh come on. Oh, my God. Well, see, here's the thing. See, if you want to really be subtle and, 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 and talk about it very subtly, get the kid a penis starfish. Right. And then uh, uh, and maybe some clams. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of creative ways, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh man, I I I just thought of that. I'd like get, get the kid, you know, a penis starfish, and you know, kind of start up a conversation. I, I don't know. So, but well, I, I'm thinking of a good creative way to get us into some insane games. Yeah, yeah. How about with uh, creative ways? Uh, I I just I, I keep thinking about loud parent sex. That's all I'm thinking about. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Hey! What's going on guys, it's Dan here, and are you someone that just can't seem to get enough insanity in your life? Well, I have some great news for you. If you tune into the Button Pusher Podcast, you'll get plenty of that and more. Give it a listen. The Button Pusher Podcast with Daniel Leslie. Check it out on Spotify.
You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would like to hear about it, okay? If you've maybe got a great stupid story from your stupid world, maybe you just want to respond to one of mine. I'd like to hear about it. Let me hear from you. You can contact me easily just by email at shoutout at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, or if you got a question or a comment about something that you've heard on the podcast or something that Pancho Guerro has said on the podcast, or maybe you just want to tell me of some firsthand experience of some stupidity you've encountered, well, let me know. I want to hear from you. I might uh, even use your comments on an upcoming episode. So record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com and uh, give me your feedback, okay? Um, And by the way, if you haven't done so already, and I just can't imagine why you haven't already, follow me on social media. You can look me up on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. Sneak our way into some insane games and some right. sheep's clothing or wool. Yeah, we yeah, we definitely we'll pull the wool over somebody's face on these things. <clears throat> We've got some very creative, uh, some very creative entries in this week's insane games here for you. Uh, well, let's start uh, with porn star weatherman. While we're why talking not? about yeah, why not? Star. To kind of keep with the theme, right? So, well, we've got some entertainer names that are pretty creative here. We've got uh, some entertainers that you tell me based upon what you think they might be, whether they are a porn star or a weatherman. Your first entertainer is called Cole Streets. Cole Streets. Um, oh, gosh, man. That's, that's a weird name. Uh, how many people have driven on that street? Cole uh, Streets. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's a weatherman. Cole Streets. Hey, turns out Cole Streets um, <clears throat> is a porn star. <laughs> oh gosh, I knew I should have gone with that. I, it's, it's such a weird name, though. It doesn't it does not like you know flow on well, the off the tongue or anything. True. Cole uh, Streets. Well, Cole, it's like C O L E. Cole Streets. So yeah, that's yeah. But, but anyway, well, how about this name, Tor Bergeron? Tor Bergeron. Well, Bergeron sounds fancy enough. I think that's a weatherman. Yeah, Tor Tor Bergeron is a uh, weatherman for Sweden's National Weather Service. Oh, look at that. Yeah, there you go. All right. I like this name. Uh, Bob Johns. Bob Johns. Um, (laughs) That's such a weird name. Um, Bob Johns. This doesn't sound like a stage name, though. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be a weatherman. <laughs> and this, of course, it's uh, Bob Johnson. Yes, yeah. Yes, but yes. Bob Johnson is a weatherman from Lebanon, Indiana. Very good. All right. Your next entertainer, Francesco DiMaggio. Francesco DiMaggio. Uh, well, he's a macho, DiMaggio man. Because I think he's a porn star. He is indeed a porn star. <laughs> yes, you are correct on that. So, all right. Now, here's one that I think you may or may not recognize. Um, Sam Champion. 
Hmm, Sam Champion. Uh, oh, goodness. Well, I'm going to have to lean on Pornstar for this one. For <laughs> Sam sure. Champion is actually a weatherman for Eyewitness News New York. Oh. Believe it or not. Yes. So, yeah, is that, is that uh, his given name? That I don't know. I kind of would be surprised if that would be yeah. a given name. But uh, nevertheless, yes, that's where it came from. All right. What do you feel up to next? Let's um, let, let's jump with a uh, golf course or rehab. All right. We'll go with golf course or rehab. Try to put cold water on things here. Huh? So, all right. We've got a uh, couple of some businesses here. You tell me if the businesses are golf courses or rehabs based upon their name and location. Your first business, Trout Lake in Arbor Vitae, Wisconsin. Trout Lake. I think this is a rehab. Uh, Trout Lake, a golf course. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. Doesn't make any sense at all. But um, I don't know. Maybe that's where you're going to be spending the time. You're going to be fighting the trout to retrieve your ball if you knock it in the lake or something. I don't know. So your next business is in Ann Arbor, Michigan called Dawn Farm. Dawn Farm. I'm going to say it's it's a rehab. That's a D-A-W-N, not D-O-N, by the way. So it is a a rehab. That is It's a new dawn. Yeah, it's a new dawn. It's right. So, all right. Next business is called The Glen in Glenview, Illinois. The Glen. I'm, I'm going to say this is a golf course. Yeah, got to go down to the Glen. That's a good Scottish name for a good Scottish golf course. Yes, indeed. All right. Very good. I like this one. It's just simply called The Ridge in Milford, Ohio. The Ridge. Um, I, I, I'm going to say this is a golf course. Yes, the Ridge is such a nice, peaceful place for a rehab. It is a rehab, indeed. Okay, so, okay. Well, so far, you're kind of like two for two. Let's see what the last one is. This is located in Dittmer, Missouri, called Sana Lake. Sana Lake. Well, this I I would say that this would be a rehab. Nice and peaceful, you know? Yeah, yeah, this peaceful. A rehab it is. So you did do best three out of five. Not too bad. So that's hey, that's great for golf course and rehab. That's that's, that's great for that one indeed. All right. So now what do you feel up to? Um, how about we go for uh steakhouse or gay bar? I was I was thinking about I could go for a little steak right about now. Come to think of it, you know? So all right. I got a f- few businesses here. You tell me whether you think this might be a steakhouse or a gay bar and the first business is in birmingham alabama simply called our place our place um i'm going to our place uh i'm gonna say it's a steakhouse yeah if you're going to our place you're uh, going into a gay bar (laughs) oh you know are you speaking i've been to your place before yeah yeah uh, let's come to our place. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, well, how oh, about oh, this one? Oh. I like that. This is kind of a creative name called Round the Bend in Ashland, Nebraska. <laughs> Round the Bend. Oh, but I feel like I need to see some location data on this. But oh, 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 oh gosh, Round the Bend. Um, I'm going to say, oh, gosh, these are tough because sometimes you throw these in. And you're like, oh, that sounds too much like it'd be a hilarious name for one. It can't be real. And then it is real. 
I'm gonna say around the bend is a gay bar. The name you go Chris, around the bend. 20. You're definitely not. You're definitely not going to be following Creedence Clearwater Revival. That's the, it's a steakhouse. <laughs> Believe it or I not. Know, see, yeah. Yep. You know that old song. Come on around the bend. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here's. <laughs> I like this one. This is in Brandon, Mississippi. <clears throat> it's called Willie Bees. Oh, Willie Bees. In Mississippi, I okay. Well, I can see a guy named Will, uh, Willie D's. I oh my goodness, um, this is tough, man. But I'm gonna say it's a gay bar. <laughs> Willie B's uh, down in Mississippi is a Will, steakhouse. Willie B's like Bravo. Oh my uh, god, yeah. I thought you yes. said Willie D's, yeah. Willie B's, Willie B's. All right, well, how about this one? In Big D, Texas, Dallas, Texas, it's just called the Roundup. The Roundup. I okay. There's something about the gay bars that always lean in on these like country cowboy kind of things. So I'm gonna say it's a gay bar. And full of goat ropers, indeed. It is uh, a gay bar. That is correct. <laughs> gonna round them all up. That's right. I like to get all them gays rounded up in one place myself too. There, you know. All right. Anyway, your next. Uh, business in Portland, Oregon. It's called Silverado. Silverado. I was saying, you like you can round it up at your place. Uh, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. Silverado. Oh goodness. I, I'm gonna say. Gosh. I'm gonna say it's another gay bar. It's another gay bar. Well, you are correct. It is yeah. a gay bar in Portland, Oregon. Not bad. So you did what four out of five on that one. So <clears throat> did fairly well. So we can. Move into strip club or daycare. See how good you are on these businesses and uh, where they're located. We've got a business here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's called Holly Street. Holly Street. Um, I I'm gonna say it, it's a uh, oh gosh, Nashville though. I'm gonna say it's a strip club. Yeah, well, I guess you're going with the fact that you're going to go see Holly at Holly Street. <laughs> yes, uh, Holly Street in Nashville is a daycare, <laughs> no. of all things. Yes. Well, how about this one called Angels in Kalamazoo, Michigan? <laughs> oh, Kalamazoo. I've been to Kalamazoo before. Uh, I remember saying it's a, a strip club. A strip club. Angels. <laughs> a strip yeah. club full of little angels in Kalamazoo. That is correct. It's a strip club, indeed. All right. Next uh, business in <clears throat> Albuquerque, New Mexico, called Charms. Charms. Um, that's tough. Charm. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm not 50 50 on this. So I'm going to say it, it's um, a daycare. Hey, daycare. It is indeed mm. correct. <laughs> Charming little children there in Albuquerque. All right. That's How about the. Yes. How about this place? It's in Star Valley, Arizona, called Pete's Place. Pete's Place. This is one of those that you think there's no way someone's going to drop their kids off on a place like this. I think it is a, a strip club. <laughs> yeah. That's, never thought about that. We're taking the kids down to Pete's Place for daycare. And it is indeed a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a bit awkward now that you're thinking about it. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Last business. This business is called Joshua's Place in Baltimore, Maryland. Joshua's Place. Um, the question is, would you trust Joshua more than Pete? I, I was uh, it's, uh, already, I feel like I trust him a little bit more. 
Um, but uh, I think a better name would be like Joshua Tree or something instead uh, for like a kid's place. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna have to lean in on uh, it being a strip club still. Still think it's a strip club. It turns out it's a daycare. <laughs> Joshua is a more, uh, it is a nicer, more trustworthy name. I don't, yeah, I, it's kind of, I'm not sure. How can you distinguish between Joshua and Pete, one being a daycare, one being a strip club? That's interesting. So maybe if you're, if you have a name like Pete, does that mean you're more perverted? I don't know. <laughs> you know? I don't know. It, it, <laughs> well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't pass the vibe check. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't pass the <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I, I'll warn you ahead of time. I did my own research on our fake news of Florida. <clears throat> so I've been having a lot of fun with this. Okay. Oh, no. This so has I've gotten tougher to... since you started doing your own research. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. I got some headlines and you tell me if the story is fake news or if it really happened in the state of Florida. We got our first headline where a Tarpon Springs man was arrested after he drunkenly called 911 and claimed his wife was a black widow spider. Uh, I, I'm going to say that that is, um, it, why would he get arrest, arrested for calling 911? He, he, was, he was arrested after he drunkenly called 911 and claimed his wife was a black widow spider. If it was, yeah, home, I don't know that that would be an arrest. That would probably be like a sir, stop calling, unless it was maybe the fifth time calling about that. I'm going to say it's fake news. <laughs> it actually happened. It's a real Florida story. <laughs> so I didn't realize that was such a big offense. <clears throat> maybe he was because he was so drunk. I don't know. But in any case, all right, your next headline, a Cape Canaveral man. Filled his neighbor's pool with $400 worth of instant coffee as revenge for not inviting his family to a party. $400 of instant coffee. I think that that's not enough instant coffee to really do a whole lot because the pools have a lot of water in it. Yeah. I I'm going to say it's fake news. <laughs> it's fake news indeed. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know what $400 worth of instant coffee would look like unless you get that cheap stuff that you would get at Aldi's or something, you know? So, right. But <laughs> All right, your next headline. A 71-year-old spatula-wielding woman in Fort Pierce was jailed after whacking her sister at a Walmart over a flap about the amount of rent money being given to her. Um, I'm going to say that that is Florida. <laughs> Absolutely, Florida. <laughs> Can you imagine a woman getting into a fight with a spatula and another woman that's just classic right there in the know, kitchen right. aisle you know all right your next headline a west palm beach man was arrested for using a lost u.s nuke to power his home for more than 27 years uh a lost california nuke to power his home yeah a west palm beach man was arrested for using a lost u.s nuke to power his home for more than 27 years I I don't believe that that could even be a, a thing like that. Like you're you're not going to be able to perform nuclear fusion or fission in your house. So this has to be fake news. <laughs> it I has be to be. Shocked. Yeah. The best part about it is though, true story. CNN saw that headline and picked it up and ran it as a true story. What? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that, that goes to show you how. Uh, how dumb you could be uh, even in the news. 
absolutely. That's the that that I saw that. I'm like, this is just too good to be true. Anyway, all right. I like this one. A naked Miko driver. That's M-I-C-C-O. I don't know where Miko, Florida is, but a naked Miko driver had more than the steering wheel in his hand when police found him in his truck and possessing cocaine and drug paraphernalia while parked at Walgreens in Vero Beach. Uh, I mean, this sounds very likely. This sounds pretty kind of like like vanilla Florida, I guess, in some ways. So I, I'll say it's Florida. <laughs> vanilla Florida. Okay, yeah. <laughs> It is Florida. That is correct. <laughs> yes, imagine coming upon a guy, buck naked, sitting in his truck, smoking crack in Walgreens parking lot. <laughs> but, but, but naked. <laughs> but naked. That's right. Can't get much more Florida than that. Not at all. <laughs> so, all right, man. Did very, very well on that one. So, and, uh, and, and, and like I said, it gives me even more entertainment going out and doing the research for it. Oh, no, that, I know. I've gotten really good at it lately, uh, I think. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> some of them, some of them is, is um, I, I tried to find more Florida stories. I couldn't find any Florida stories to match the, the stories that we were reporting on tonight, you know, with all the various penis stories that were out there this week. <laughs> there were a lot of them, man. There, this was definitely a theme going on. Today. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, well, but so far nobody. It's, it's classic insane Eric Lane's world. It, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, so far we haven't seen anybody yet that has uh, found any uh, ways to use a vibrating constipation pill. <laughs> not, not yet. Not but trust yet. me, it will happen once it's on the market. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from Mr. Laughs Comedy, Ad Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and the Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian music, word music, Twitch and vibes music, and is available wherever you download music. The platform for the podcast is hosted by Anchor. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips at anchor.fm. Download the app from your favorite app store. Hey, hey, hey.